The Bible Study Podcast, episode 654. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Genesis with chapter 10. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with chapter 10 of Genesis, one of my favorite chapters, and I am kidding because it is a genealogy. It tells us the table of the nations, the time from Noah to Abraham. This is the account of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Noah's sons, who themselves had sons after the floods. The Japhethites, the son of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javal, and Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras, the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Rifath, and Togarma, the sons of Javan, Elisha, Tarshish, the Kittites, and the Rodanites. From these, the maritime people spread out into their territories by their clans within their nations, each with its own language. The sons of Ham, Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan, the sons of Cush, Sheba, Havilah, Sabta, Ramah, and Sabtika, the sons of Ramah, Sheba, and Dedan. Cush was the father of Nimrod, who became a mighty warrior on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord, which is why it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. The first centers of his kingdom were Babylon, Uruk, Akkad and Kalne in Shinar. From that land he went to Assyria where he built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Kalah, and Rezin, which is between Nineveh and Kalah, which is the great city. Egypt was the father of the Luddites, Anamites, Lehabatites, Naphtuhites, Perusites, Kaloshites, from whom the Philistines came, and Kaphtarites. Canaan was the father of Sidon, his firstborn, and of the Hittites, the Jebusites, Amorites, Girgazites, Hivites, Archetites, Sinites, Arvidites, Zemarites, and Hamathites. Later, the Canaanites' clans were scattered, and the borders of Canaan reached from Sidon towards Gerar as far as the Gaza, and then towards Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zoboim as far as Lasha. These are the sons of Ham by their clans and their languages in their territories and nations. The Semite sons were also born to Shem, whose older brother was Japheth. Shem was the father of all the sons of Eber. The sons of Shem, Elam, Ashur, Arphazad, Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram, Uz, Hul, Gether, and Meshech. Arphazad was the father of Shelah, Shelah was the father of Eber. Two sons were born to Eber. One was named Peleg. Because of this time and the earth was divided, his brother was named Joktan. Joktan was the father of Almodad, Shelaf, Hazarmavath, Jerath, Hadaram, Uzal, Dikla, Ubal, Ibimel, Sheba, Ofer, Havilah, and Jobah. All these were the sons of Joktan. The region where they lived stretched from the Misha towards Sefer in the eastern hill country. These are the sons of Shem by their clans and languages in their territories and nations. These are the clans of Noah's sons according to their lines of descent within their nations. From these nations spread out over all the earth after the flood. 
It's always tough to know what to do with one of these particular chapters because these are a lot of names, and for many of us, some of these names are completely unknown. So I want to pull out some that are interesting, and then I want to talk about the bigger picture here. In terms of some that are interesting, as I get into some of the names like uh, Ibra Pilag Rua, we're talking about names that will come up again, but they're going to come up in some of the genealogies in, for instance, the New Testament. So if I look for Eber Pelagrua, for instance, in the New Testament, I'm going to find them in Luke in the genealogies of Jesus. And so that's one of the reasons why those names may or may not sound familiar to you, but maybe they should. So there are some that are familiar from that. Others you may have recognized from some of the prophecies in the Old Testament, like Magog. Gog and Magog are prophesied by Ezekiel as invading in what Hal Lindsay in the late great planet Earth, for instance, called the last World War III or whatever. And they are representative of nations. They're referenced by name, and they're referenced by the names of the descendants of Noah. Some of these names we've never heard of before, and some will come up again. So that's the first thing that I would note in here. The other thing is to note that this is a tribal society. I don't mean tribal society in a derogatory term, I mean that people are associated around clans. They're associated around lineages. And it's one of the reasons why this is recorded is that is important in that kind of culture. And there's many different places like that that still have that kind of culture, although we don't tend to in the same fashion. I remember being in Tanzania, and we were at a church that was caring for orphans of AIDS, which was why we were with them. We were trying to help them in that task. And we expected that we would go and there would be an orphanage, and, and there wasn't. Every, all of the children, one or two of their parents had died. You didn't have to have lost both parents to be considered an orphan. If you lost the breadwinner, then you needed support, and the church was helping with that. And so we, you know, first we found out had a different definition of orphan, and then we expected an orphanage, but everybody was living with a relative. And I think one of us asked, well, what if they don't have a relative? And they looked at us like we had two heads, because everyone was a relative. They were living within a clan, within a tribe, and all of the people within that tribe were relatives. So everyone had a relative, which is very different from our experience, but very similar to what we're seeing here. And that's one of the reasons why you start breaking up into different tribes, into different groups, is by lineage. And there's only so many people you can kind of manage. And so, you know, at the time you get a common great-grandfather, then maybe you've split into two groups. And that is very typical. That still happens today, although less so, and certainly less so in Western cultures that are more of a mixture, uh, more of a one-generation-of-friends sort of thing rather than multi-generations of tribes and clans. And then the other thing that I think we need to look at this that's interesting about this is we get different people founding different cities, and that seems very strange for us who grew up in cities that were founded in, for most of us, I think, before we were born, maybe in the age of our great-grandfathers. But this is something that you will see through history, and whether the founder of a city is a historic figure or a mythological figure, you'll get that quite often of that the city traces back to being founded by a particular person. And you get things like, you know, Hercules founded this city or uh, the historic or 
Romulus and Remus found in Rome? Did they really exist? Was it really like the story where they were raised by she-wolves? Don't know, but there's a trace of a lineage back to a specific person. Or historical ones, like, for instance, Barcelona is named after the the Barca family of the Carthaginians. Hamilcar Barca, who's the father of Hannibal, who invades Rome later on during the Punic Wars, founded the city. So cities do usually have a founder. It's just that we have forgotten that in many cases. And so when you're looking at this particular time period, you're looking at a time period where cities are starting to exist within this region, especially that we're focusing on, the Fertile Crescent, and that these are some of the names of some of the people who founded cities, that some of which still exist to this day, and others like Babylon, for instance, have gone away, or Nineveh, or those have been destroyed thousands of years ago. We, I said that we were going to get to the patriarchs. Uh, I forgot one thing that's going to happen in between. We're going to get the Tower of Babel, and so you may have noticed that it talked about the different languages within here, and that's kind of a foreshadowing of next week's chapter when we talk about language. The other thing I want to mention, and the last thing I want to talk about in this particular chapter is one of the things that this chapter points out is a long period of time is passing, and there's clearly a long period of time that passes between the beginning of the book, between creation and between Adam and Abraham, which is going to be Abraham and his descendants are going to be the bulk of the book. But in the beginning, in that first couple chapters, we got the beginning of the hints of God having a plan. When he says to the serpent, when he says to Satan that the woman will have a son and he will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel, we believe that he is looking forward to Jesus who is well past this book. But God has long-term planning. And God doesn't get caught up and caught off guard by things. And one of the things that reminds me in these chapters where we get these long lists of people is that God isn't just sitting by the side. God is working towards something even in these periods. God is working towards Abraham. God is working towards Jesus. And that's why some of these names that are mentioned here will show up in Chronicles. They'll show up in Luke is that they're part of a longer-term plan of God. And that can be encouraging to us, especially when we're in dark and difficult times, like we are when I'm recording this in the middle of a pandemic. But that also can be discouraging for us because sometimes we want God to act now, and we want God to have short-term planning and short-term action, and that's not always what's going to happen. And we'll see that throughout the book of Genesis, especially in the time period of Abraham and in Joseph, where God's timing is frustrating at times. But more on that as we get further into the book of Genesis. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have a question, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send an email to host at the Bible Study Podcast. And thanks so much for listening. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. 
Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.